Welcome to the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show. I'm your host, Emma. I'm so glad you joined. Let's start out the right way with prayer. Let's bow our heads, humble our hearts, and turn them towards the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Lord God, thank you for an incredible year. Thank you for the lessons that were hard to learn and the ones that felt good to learn. Lord God, we pray that in everything we do, we do it with intentionality, Lord, the intention very specifically of getting deeper in relationship with you. Father God, I pray for the ones who don't know you yet. And I pray fervently, Lord God, that you will continue to pursue them and they will say yes. Father, I pray for the ones who know you and pray for a more fervent pursuit, Lord, 
And I pray, Lord, for covering over a spirit of content, of stagnancy, Lord. Help us, Jesus, that we may be yours. Thank you for grace. Thank you for giving your life in exchange for ours. We adore you, King. Amen. Well, welcome to the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show. I'm so glad, so, so glad you joined. This is the last show of this year of 2016. And the reason for that, you may be wondering, what are you talking about? The last show, this is only like December or November, actually. We're not even in December, but here's the thing. In the midst of all the holiday craziness, right, Christmas, New Year's, um, and, and even people who don't celebrate Christmas or who don't celebrate New Year's, there is still a sense of, of go, 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 a sense of busyness. And so here on this show, we're very intentionally taking this time to counter the go, go, go mentality. Okay, so we're going to take a break from now through January 15th so we can refocus and rekindle our relationship with Jesus and really focus on the meaning of Christmas, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm so excited you joined because we're going to wrap up what's been a rich year, a year of, gosh, and reflecting back, I was thinking about some of the, the content we've had. And we've talked about, we started the beginning of the year talking about fitness. We were talking about family rebuilding and, and Dana's testimony of an incredible journey through giving two babies for adoption, through going through an the restoration process that took place that God was capable of doing in her family. And today she has a health, healthy family. And not only does she have that, but she's been able to even get back in touch. Had given up for adoption. And then later on the daughter, she'd given up for adoption. I mean, it's just amazing what our God can do. And that was one of the, the series we had. We were talking to Alicia about what it means to restore after a storm? How do you rebuild in a way that is Christ-centered? We have had a slew of interviews, including interviews on how to handle race, culture, diversity from a Christ-centered perspective and politics from a Christ-centered perspective. And most recently, an interview with Beth Matthew, where we're talking about defeat and what it looks like to be victorious in Jesus. And so it's been a rich year, and I'm just so humbled and privileged to be able to serve you this way and really to, to be able to see how God continues to be at work today. He is well alive. He, his Holy Spirit is on the move. And so anybody who's tuning in who is, who is feeling a little disconcerted, who's feeling like there's a loss of hope, take heart because our God is on the move. And it's amazing to see what he's doing among um, people all around. And so with that in mind, today we're going to be talking about very specifically the meaning of Christmas. How can we re rekindle our understanding of what Christmas is supposed to be about? And let me be clear. It would be wonderful for everyone to take a pause and to really examine what aspects of Christmas are Christ-centered in their lives and what aspects of Christmas are not Christ-centered. Let's flesh out the ones that are not Christ-centered and let's really focus on the ones that are. 
for the true meaning of Christmas is Jesus Christ. So if you're tuning in for the first time and wondering what is the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show, well, the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show is really all about being a vessel for Jesus on a day-to-day basis. Kingdom Work for Christ means the full-time job of inviting Jesus into day-to-day tasks. And so the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18 through 20 tells us in five beautiful, perfectly ordered instructions how we ought to live an authentic Christian lifestyle. And Jesus, after he died for the sins that we did, after he lived a perfect life, I mean perfect, fully in the flesh and fully God, he lived a perfect life showing us what it means to navigate this world in God. After he did, well, first lived the life and then died and then resurrected um, to conquer death so we could have a way to eternity, After all that, right before going back to the Father, he said this. He said, first, know that all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. One. Two, therefore, as a byproduct of knowing his authority, therefore, go make disciples of nations. Three, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Four, teach them to obey my commandments. This is Jesus talking. And then five, know that I'm with you. I'm with you. I haven't left. I'm here. All the way to the end of the age. And that is incredible gifting to all who believe in Jesus Christ. And today we are going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate it by really focusing on the Christmas story and what the Christmas story means. And so this is the, the theme of our, of our, of our um, show today. So the Christmas story is found in John 3, 1 through 16. Now, at this point, some of you who know your Bible are probably raising your eyebrows like, wait, really? John 3? Yep. That's the Christmas story. Let's start with verse 1. Now, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. You see, no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, uh, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can, can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said this to you. You must be born from above. You see, the wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him. Are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how can I tell you? about heavenly things, then have you believe? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from 
heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. What is the Christmas story? As we celebrate joyous giving, as we celebrate presents to to family, to people we know, to people we don't know, as we feed the poor, the hungry, the orphans, the widows, as we go forth and make disciples. What is the Christmas story about? The Christmas story is about a God who cared so much about us that he literally gave himself up for us. That's the Christmas story. It is because of that act of giving that today we're able to celebrate giving in a way that is either Christ-centered or in a way that completely misses the ball game. It is because of that kind of giving that today we are able to celebrate through Christmas songs that are either Christ-centered or we're missing the ball game. It is because of that kind of giving that every single year we are blessed with yet another year in this life. And to those of you today who are listening to that and you're thinking, that is despair for me because life is so hard that thinking of another year of this hard life is really not a gift. Take heart. Jesus, as he was going to the cross and as he was beaten, ripped apart, down to the bone, down to the flesh, his life seeming like a miserable mess, hung in there because there was purpose in the restoration and the rebirth that God was about to do. There is purpose in the restoration and the rebirth that God will do in your life if you will hang in there. I want to take this time to acknowledge the fact that while Merry Christmas is something that is so standard to say, Mary is not necessarily the way everyone is going to feel this season. Very far from Mary, especially those of you who have suffered loss, who are suffering abandonment, who are suffering isolation. It is not Mary. But in Christ, it is a Mary thing. Because the true meaning of the celebration is not that we are surrounded by gifts and people and the, the routine of the Christmas season. The true meaning of Christmas is that we were given an incredible gift 2,016 years ago. And we have been given this incredible gift because God, the creator of the whole entire universe, cared enough to give himself up for us. And that is Mary News. That is a Merry Christmas. That is a reason for a Happy New Year. The Christmas story is about Jesus' sacrifice. The how is what we then refer to as the Christmas story, commonly known as Mary Joseph and baby Jesus. But that is the how. The real meaning of Christmas is that good news. Let's go to Luke 1 through 21. 
as you're turning to Luke 2, verses 1 to 21, I'm going to play something for us, which is a, a known Christmas song. But it's specifically verses 1 and the chorus repeated twice. And the reason why is because the crux of what we are responding in this Christmas season from a Christ-centered perspective lies in those two sections of the song. And it is, again, because that gift that Jesus gave, because that is such an amazing gift that we can celebrate, an amazing reason to be merry, an amazing reason to be happy, that's why we can respond in this way. So enjoy. Yeah. 
And they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. Who heard were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. It's amazing how calculated our God is. It's amazing how providence just reigns in Jesus. Here goes Mary and Joseph completely without any option to deliver this child. Here goes Joseph and Mary just having no recourse whatsoever other than stay in a little town called Bethlehem, tiny little town called Bethlehem. And in that, prophecies, multitudes of prophecies that the prophets had talked about in the Old Testament came about because God all along had a plan to save humanity. God all along had a plan to not condemn us, but to save us. And that is good news to be merry about, to be happy about. The kind of news that in the midst of anything that is keeping us can help us to say Merry Christmas Happy New Year you see I once ran into a Muslim man who we were having an exchange about the gospel and as he was telling me about his faith and I was listening emphasis on I was listening I then exchanged my faith and said, this is what Christianity is about. And so I was telling him about Jesus being born and, and redeeming humanity. And he got caught up on a really core principle. And he said, how is Jesus God if he can be born of a woman, if he can be flesh like you and me? What makes him God? And in that moment, explained that I was praying that the Lord would give me the words to speak. And I shared with him that the good news about Jesus is that he is God because he's perfect in the way he does and redeems. So if he was a project manager and he had to figure this out, right, had to figure out a way to save humanity and still keep their choice and still allow for the brokenness to continue until a set time where he's going to clean everything up. How would he do it? He pondered a little bit. And then I talked to him a little bit about how Jesus is so perfect and so God that he wanted to 
to make a way, not from halfway in our lives where he just boop shows up as a full grown flesh man who then redeems everything afterwards, but he starts from the beginning. He starts from the womb. He starts so that literally when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, we literally have a way from the beginning all the way to eternity. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus is Lord and in his lordship gives us access to him. So as we were talking about that, this story really came, this, this, this instance came up to me as I was preparing for this particular show because it brings up some of the hangups that we can have, right? If Jesus is Lord, why would he not work out this situation in a way that is lordly? Why would he work out this situation in a way that is manly? Why would he want to do it through me? Why would he want to do it through me having patience while he works things out? Why would he want to do it through somebody who I don't think can actually work this out, right? All these, these, these man responses to things where we're saying, God, where are you? And the good news is that Jesus in all his thoroughness allows us to experience what it is to be able to, to follow him and follow that way that he made and still have exposure to the obstacles along the way, to life along the way. So there's awareness of brokenness and so that we can help in his pursuit to rescue people back to him. That's the good news. That's news worth saying, Merry Christmas, a happy, happy new year. When I think of Christmas, I think that of the giving that God did. When I think of Christmas, I think of the giving that he did that I didn't deserve. When I think of Christmas, I think of the giving God did that I didn't deserve and that he gave without restraint. When I think of Christmas, I think of the fact that God gave in a way that was giving, in a way that I didn't deserve, he gave without restraint for the sake of his kingdom. Very specifically, for the sake of his kingdom. And so in response, we say Merry Christmas. In response, we say Thank you, Jesus. And so I want to take some time to pray for us right now. And then we have a treat from a dear, dear sister in Christ, which I can't wait to tell you about after prayer. Lord God, thank you for this this incredible gift that you've given us. Lord, thank you for the fact that we get to partake in that gift when we say yes to your lordship over our lives. God, we're praying that we will be people with hearts humbled towards you. Lord, we're praying that um, this Christmas we will humble ourselves into submission before you, God. And so, Christ, we need you. We need you badly. We need you in situations where family members, where friends, where um, acquaintances, Lord, do not know you. And so, God, we're praying that you will show us the way to be infectious for you, Jesus. We pray that you're going to show us the way, Lord, for us to open our eyes and be humble so that your kingdom can be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So as we get ready to get in, into 
Advent, Lord, and all the events leading up to Christmas. God, please protect us from a spirit of consumerism and busyness and all the things that unfortunately defines Christmas today. And Lord, may we be anchored in you, in your incredible gift, your incredible sacrifice, the sustaining one that brings us to eternity. We adore you, King. Amen. Well, we get to um, really partake in a treat. So a dear sister of Christ, uh, Noor Hashwi, and I hope I'm not butchering her name, um, is just a gifted poet. And I would joke around with her that she just doesn't know it yet. Um, But she has agreed to have some of her poems read. And I think that they're really great reminders of what the season of Christmas is about. And her poems do a really good job of bringing about the the contrast between what it was to have Jesus and then what it is, what it, what it was to not have Jesus and then what it is to have Jesus now. So I'm excited to read some of them and, and um, I pray you're blessed. This first one is called Good Versus Evil. And this is a recent one, you guys. This is actually one from October of this year that she wrote. It goes like this. Blessed beyond measure, without a shadow of a doubt. But here's the difference of when I was walking with and when I'm walking without. I'm exposed and weak. The enemy feeds me lies, and I eat them up because I'm walking unprotected, like a blinder over my eyes. Ephesians 6, the recipe for life, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood or even the evil we can see. We are fighting against the devil and the darkness that just lies beneath. Evil will come quickly, swiftly, without warrant. His main goal is to destroy us and lead us into torment. Therefore, stand up and suit up to resist all evil. This is a waging war to destroy all God's people. Step one, the belt of truth, then the breastplate of he who is just. Not doing of our own, but the king who came down for us. He says, stand firm. Do not waver. Put on my truth. Believe what I say and not what the world says of you. Find it in my word. I am the word. One and only. Come to me. Flip the pages to see why I'm holy. For your feet put on peace of good news. I have come to save many. Lost ones, broken ones, redeem, and those with burdens run plenty. I am great, says the Lord, and I will save all who call on me. But the enemy is at work, and he wants you to fall in defeat. Take up your shield. Your faith can protect you, but you must be ready. Flaming missiles and fiery arrows fly by, but you must. Hold steady. Stand on the rock. It is not merely a suggestion, but a prompt to preparation. Stand firm and put 
salvation. The belief that you have been redeemed, reclaimed by his blood, this will bind up the enemy's attacks and will not be drowned in the flood. Protect your mind from evil thoughts and darkness weighing heavy. Take up the sword of the spirit to show the might you are. Do this with prayer and petition. Without these weapons, something is missing. We are not afraid. We are children of a king. We march into battle prepared with his word to overthrow every evil thing. Darkness marches on and darkness will fight. But we who stand firm put on the strength of his might. We are not defeated. Not now. Not ever. Jesus will reign over the night now and forever. Down goes the devil, stripped of his power, thrown into the lake of fire in that great final hour. It is over and done. Death is defeated. Having fought well, we look in triumph unto Jesus. I love this poem. It is such a war cry. (laughs) And it's a beautiful way of seeing how God is our rock, how God is that good news in the midst of bad. It says, stand on the rock. It is not merely a suggestion, but a prompt preparation. Reminds me of that hymn. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Stand firm. Another poem that she's written, which is such an encouragement, is as follows. It's actually unnamed. So you guys can name it as you will, as you listen. But it goes as follows. I ache for freedom, for my chains to be undone, to stand on the rock unmoving and the grave he's overcome. Oh, death has been defeated. I am stamped brand new. I am marked by the word of Jesus when the veil Become two. Proclaim it now. Rejoice. I'm a display of his splendor. A tree rooted in truth. A daughter called as his treasure. Comparisons on earth cannot do me justice. Only to my God I must look. A reborn creature forever. My name is written in his book. Cling to his freedom. Drop the yoke of sin from your neck. The cross is proof of his forgiveness. How I so easily forget. Condemning myself is easy. No grace without his name. But I've already once replaced my salvation for my shame. Lay down the burden. God, I yearn for your presence. Let this be the earnest prayer of a heart filled with remembrance. Remember the cross. 
remember the one nailed upon it. Remember the day you chose grace. Never let it go forgotten. Refrain, refocus. Each day is a chance for glory. If I fail and sin, it's never written down. It's erased completely from my story. Change my heart, Lord. Radically change my mind. Out of all the love I chased, you are the only one I wait to find. Use me as a vessel, a life witnessed for your renown, a life of forgiving myself and living in light. I once was lost, but now am found. Aching for freedom, God. Lord, guide me from the start. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And bind up every heart. Amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Let's say a wretch like me, and I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now. Cause I was blind, but now I see. Amazing. There's another poem that I would like to read to us right now. And it's a poem that is um, just incredible. I actually, she sent it to me <laughs> just yesterday. So um, this is a show that is about authenticity. And so in all authenticity, I am now trying to find it. <laughs> so in the meantime, as I go through my text, what I will do is um, is just recap one of, one of the things that she's really driven home. And that's the fact that we are, we are broken. We are sinful, and yet Jesus is our remedy. If you're listening to the show and you don't believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, first of all, thank you. Thank you for listening um, to a show that is about Christ. And second of all, know this. Know that he's pursuing you. He loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And so in that, know that the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, is waiting for you to say yes. You don't have to have it together. You don't even have to have it halfway figured out. You just got to honestly, intentionally ask him to come into your heart. As a matter of fact, yesterday I had the, the tremendous blessing with another sister in Christ of 
being used to lead someone to Christ. And he was a young man of 17. And so as we were praying with him, we were getting ready to pray with him. I said, you know, go ahead and, and, and start the prayer. And he said, well, wait, me? I can't, I can't pray. I said, it's your invitation. It's your invitation. Do you get somebody else to put your invitations for you? I mean, you want to invite God. You pray and invite him in your heart. And so he started. And it was so amazing to see this shy beginning sentence turn into this beautiful prayer asking God to be his Lord and Savior. Look, this is good news. That's something to be merry and happy about. Reason to say Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. So God wants a relationship with you. You do have to do the work of inviting him in. If you want more information, you want to pray with someone, you can email contact at kingdomworkforchrist.com. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you you don't have a church home right now, first it's very important to get into a church body. But in the meantime, if you're looking for resources, we're more than happy to tell you some of the resources that we've personally used. We're not sponsored by anybody, so we are, you will get resources that we know have been um, Christ-centered and we have personally used. And so it just gives you some options to stay plugged into the Word of God while you are looking for a church home. So with that in mind, Oaks of Righteousness is this next poem. And again, this is Nor Hashwi. It says, lead me to the path that leads to freedom, to the path that plants my roots in deep soil of everlasting life and eternal joy. I want to be a display for your splendor, a daughter of righteousness. Of all the hunger I have, I want to thirst for Jesus. Let me roam in my despair so I can be incomplete, seeking and coming up empty so I can fall in my defeat. In all my victories, I know it was moment by moment. Yet I want total and complete surrender, but my flesh is so weak. In my weakness, I don't call on your name. I succumb to sadness and the enemy's whispers. It's so hard to stand up in my failures. God, the truth all in my mind. Move it from mind to heart to work from end of me and to freedom's start. I want it, Lord. Every now and then I taste the sweetness. Then I surrender in meekness. The taste is good. The taste is rich. It's unlike anything I could find on this earth. It's a heart broken that only you can fix. It's a new morning. I just need to make it to the morning. It may not be sunny or warm, but I believe you are there still. I believe you are good to me. Even in my longing, I am not lacking. I have everything good within my reach. Just open my heart, Lord, to what you teach. Give me discipline. Teach me to fix my thoughts on you. I am not in control of my circumstances, but I am aware of truth. Use the dirty pit I've been in to deter me from finding my way back and to remember how little I could see, to look at the pit with this 
disgust at the enemy. He has no control over me. He has no eternal or temporal victory. He has nothing. He's a nobody, a speck of dust with vanishing rain, a ruler without concern for the people, causing anguish and pain. My king is the ultimate king of the earth. Only his rule sustains. It fills the cracks within me. Every empty place is filled with his, his gentle power. And there is no condemnation in his presence, just increasing grace with each passing hour. How can it be that such a king came for me, that he looked down on me from that cross and called my name? He called me worthy. He called me redeemed. He said, come, my precious daughter, you are forgiven and clean. I see no sin in you, just the image of my son. The son gives power on this earth to overcome. I know it's not easy, daughter. Just walk with me. Keep your eyes fixed upon my gaze. When it's hard, open your heart to my praise. I know because I've walked this earth with you. Even now I feel that you feel. This is why I came to set the world free from the one who comes to steal. Your hands are clean now. Take my hand. Walk with me. Ignore the adversary. He's not for you. But I am the one who came as your ransom and your righteousness. You are white with my holiness. I see you as Jesus. On that cross I first saw this day. Surrender is hard, child. I know. I'm with you even until the end of the ages. When you arrive at my door, I will swing over for you. I will sing over you with everlasting praise. When you see me there, there will be no pain, no struggle for control, no battle with what is happening inside your heart. So walk with me on streets of gold to a place where we will never be apart. Oh, child, as long as you long for this day, I am preparing you a place. But there is work for you to do here so I can wait all your days. Remember, a day for the Lord is something you cannot yet comprehend. But there will be a day when we will walk hand in hand. Your resting place is majestic. It's marvelous. It's a place where you can never feel forsaken. Until then, my worthy daughter, keep on this path you have taken. I am waiting for you here, and in my timing, I will grant you this. When I return in triumph and glory, all will fade away, and you will have lasting bliss. Until I return, keep your eyes fixed on me. Keep your heart wound unto me. I love you, precious daughter. I will see you in due time. I see you now. You're doing good, great work here in my name. Your work is not yet done. Keep your path fit until the triumphant day. Keep your path until the triumphant day. 
Isn't this juicy? Oh my gosh, I just love it, love it, love it. And last but certainly not least, there is a poem that she wrote, and this particular one is, is all about Adam and the sun and the contrast between the two. And so this will be our last one. But keep that in mind as you are battling flesh, the fallen Adam. Know that the Son, Jesus, is here and is here to redeem, and that's good news. <laughs> that's a reason to be merry, to be happy. So Adam and the Son by Nor Hashwe says, When I was like Adam, I was dead in my sin. I was disobedient and realized how much I was like, <clears throat> like him. And she's referring to Adam. As one man put us into the grave, one man went to the grave to put sin in its place. I was like Adam, sinful and dead. Now I trade the law for grace instead. I remember I would look up to God and the ladder would be so tall I would climb until I would fall. The ladder was the law. Sin is the difference of who I am versus who I was created to be. The separating discrepancy. I looked to the law, but it's just rules and lies. There was no remedy. So Christ came for us in the same way God sent him to show that he was just. It was not out of anger, but the wrath of his love. To look mercifully on his children and know our payments were just not enough. The more I resemble Adam, the greater the son becomes. Because I'm just a dirty sinner who in grace has overcome. Even though we remain guilty, God's love has stamped us free. We are passed from grave to grace to eternity. An undeserved privilege as God helped us finish this race. Praise God that one man came to separate us from God and then one man came to put us back in our place. It was always mercy. It was never deserved to begin with. The divide between God and his own creation is the last reconciled and fixed. At last reconciled and fixed. Thank you, Jesus, for fixing the divide on our behalf. You alone are the only redeemer who could repair all of that. The ladder to God is gone. Along with all of my sin, I called on the name of Jesus, and I received all of him. Let me repeat that very last one. Thank you, Jesus, for fixing the divide on our behalf. You alone are the only redeemer who could repair all of that. The ladder to God is gone, along with all my sins. I called on the name of Jesus, and I received all of him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it has been a joy to serve you in this capacity. Brothers and sisters who are not yet in Christ, it has been a privilege to serve you in this capacity. For the year 2016, I wish you an amazing, amazing Merry Christmas and an amazing, amazing Happy New Year. And as you are continuing into the celebration of this season, I pray that your heart will fall either deeper in love with Jesus 
or for the first time. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of who you are. Thank you for this hour in which we talked about refocusing, Lord. And as my dear sister Noor brought up in one of her poems, God, I just pray that you will shift what we know as mind knowledge into heart knowledge. Father, as the enemy tries to attack our joy, may we simply resist and have him flee, as you promised, Lord, in James 4.17. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the certainty of your name. And thank you for the sacrifice, Jesus, that you did so that we can proclaim your name today. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in. It's a joy to serve you. I'm excited about January. Um, after January 15th, Lord willing, we are going to continue. We have some wonderful shows that are um, in the in the, in the the pike, uh, and we will continue to see how God is just working on a day-to-day basis. It's just been amazing, amazing, amazing. It just gets getting juicier. And I got to admit to you, so when I first started this show, I remember thinking, Lord, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to run out of things to talk about. (laughs) It was, you know, I'm just being honest, it was an insecurity, but I will say this, the Lord has been very faithful and he just keeps providing um, incredible examples of how he's at work today. And it's very encouraging as someone in Christ to see that. Um, so have a wonderful, wonderful Merry Christmas, a happy new year. And with that, I say, we wish you Merry Christmas. We wish you Merry Christmas. Wish you Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Wish you Merry Christmas. We wish you Merry Christmas. Wish you Merry Christmas and a happy New Year. Bye-bye.